in spaces where you can feel small, unrecognized, stunted, and afraid, it is important to find your voice. On this episode, you will hear an open dialogue about how it is not always easy finding your voice, but once you do, it doesn't have to be loud to have power. God gave me a pocket full of change, even when I didn't know how to maintain. But he showed how far my range is. So thank you, God, for blessing me with this voice to spread knowledge about faith, leadership, and choices. Hmm, like putting you first. And when life has its battles, he always proves his worth. I plan to use his voice, hope they remember my name through this podcast called Pocket Full of Change. Pocket Full of Change. Pocket Full of Change. Pocket Full, Pocket Full, Pocket Full of Change. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Pocket of Change, the podcast, hosted every Sunday for listeners just like you. My name is Leisha McKeithen, a motivational speaker based out of Atlanta, Georgia, hoping to provide resources of positivity and uplift that you just can't get anywhere else. Since I'm definitely rooted in my faith, you'll get that too. But trust, my words should inspire non-believers too. Well, let me stop talking so y'all can get to listening to this episode. Okay, so now that we've gotten the idea what this episode is going to be all about, let's take a moment for Sabrine to introduce herself and share a little bit of her history as it relates to finding her voice. Well, my name is Sabrine Sudan Jolly. I am originally from Pasadena, California. I later moved to Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and now I reside in Atlanta, Georgia, but I like to travel the world. I am an author, poet, and educator. Um, and we are focusing on how <clears throat> writing and um, being an author or, or just reading uh, relates to what it is that I do. I think that without it, uh, I wouldn't be where I am. I actually, um, I would say, just got back into really honing my craft because I felt like I could do it without the knowledge of other authors, without the knowledge of other poets and just be okay. And for a long time I was, but I realized that I grew exponentially by just understanding the power of other people's art forms and being able to apply what they've done to what it is that I do. So I've been doing this for a little while. Um, when I was about seven, um, I used to always travel with my grandparents. Um, my grandfather, Jalal Sudan, he was the uh, NAACP president for the Altadena, California branch, and they had a program in um, the NAACP called AXO. And it's where all of these creatives come together, where you're good at STEM, um, any art form uh, available, they had some type of programming for it. So I would always be with musicians. Ah, this is coming full circle. Um, <laughs> I would always be with musicians. I was a jazz band, and I fell in love with jazz uh, and poetry. Uh, I began writing, and before it became poetry, it was actually rap. And um, oh, what? I, I swore I was, yes, sis, I swore I was more Hill in this thing. But I still think that you favor her. I'm not. I still think you favor her. Okay, and that is the biggest compliment I can give. 
Yes, yes. Uh, but who knows? It may be a part of my journey at some point again. But um, somehow, like the cadence of how I was doing it just sounded differently. And I ended up doing poetry. Well, I kind of got discouraged from that because when I was at my like optimum level, when I'm like, I'm ready to do it. I didn't feel like I had the proper support in it. And not that people wouldn't support me. It's just they didn't know how to. And so, um, and plus I wasn't old enough to get an act. So, so in high school, I started to do my thing. Uh, I started to uh, be like the, the chosen person to do poetry. Uh, I was uh, a co-host at a radio station in Little Rock, Arkansas. So in high school, I would drive back and forth. Uh, I was the highest placing orator uh, in this oratorical for the Elk Lodge um, for like the past 10 years before they had uh, started it. So that was something that was really big for me. And that's when I discovered that my voice would be my superpower. Went to college, you know, things happened. You know, I lost my dad. I lost a bunch of friends. And I just went down this, like, downward spiral, I guess. you I was really kind of going through it. And um, the time that I needed to be writing the most, I wasn't. And I finally got back into it. And I think I started to really discover who I was in writing when I surrounded myself around other poets, around other uh, writers. So I got to hang with some of the greats, many may know, uh, Abyss, um, Red Storm, Queen Sheba, Georgia Me, some of the original poets who featured on um, on Def Jam Poetry with Russell Simmons. And I got to do a lot with them. And once I became known in the city, it just kind of evolved. And so whew, here we go with my writing career. I That's wanted awesome. to be a writer. I wanted to be a writer in high school, and it kind of, you know, came full circle, and it's finally coming around, and so I'm finding a way to marry poetry and writing and children's writing as well together, so here I am now. I definitely can relate to Sabrine sharing her full circle moments, because when I think about me growing up, the same thing happened to me, where I wanted to perform, I wanted to engage with people, I loved being around people, and now... That's what I do, and that's what I love to do, and that's what I hope to do for the rest of my life. So I want y'all to take just a moment before we start talking about more in-depth finding your voice and understanding your knowledge. I want y'all to think about what is your full circle moment? What is the moment that you're figuring out, okay, I'm doing exactly what I've always wanted to do, even if it looks different than what you expected it to be? Now that you've thought about that, I want you to think about how you can motivate a multitude of people around you to do the same thing, to live in their purpose. I I asked Sabrine, which book has been the most influential in her life? And please listen to her selection. I love, I love the part where you talk about this is a full circle, because I think that that's what Pocket of Change is all about, is about mm-hmm. changing the world, but also realizing exactly how you pinpoint the influential moment. Um, because mm-hmm. I think so often we, we get kind of worked up with so many things, we forget that, oh, it was that small spark that mm-hmm. propelled me to be like, okay, this is what I want to do. And especially when we have so many people around us, who don't display or share the small sparks that they had. It just seems like they ignited this fire out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I love that you share that, which kind of yeah. is like a question I have. What would you say has been the most influential book 
that you have read that has impacted your decisions the most? Terry McMillan, off the top. Terry McMillan, it's a book called Disappearing Acts. And I probably shouldn't have been reading that when I started reading it, but like Mm -hmm. that was the first book that I read that captured my attention in the beginning. And in high school, I realized, okay, this is what I want to do. It's actually junior high. I used to study the dictionary. I'm getting back into that now, actually. But, um, and it evolved from there. And I would write little stories about my life. And I remember one day this boy stole my uh, journal. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, like, where's my journal? Right. I'm going to find it. And um, I finally found out that he had, he was right behind me and he was reading and he was like, can I read it again tomorrow? And I saw how excited he was about it. And so he started reading it and passing it to the class and they enjoyed it too. And I was just writing about my life. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. And so during our reading block in high school, I would write, um, I would try to like write a book. And the book was called Same Side, Different Light, which was supposed to be a novel, but later on after uh, my senior year of college became a poetry book. Uh, But it started from there. And now I'm finally getting back into the space where I'm writing. And so she has driven that in so many ways. And I try to even approach my poetry that same way where I try to capture people in the beginning. And I feel like if you can capture people in the beginning, doesn't, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter what's in the middle, but the story drives itself. So, mm. Not only has Sabrine read multiple books, but she's even written a book of her own. We're going to dive into what that book's about. And we're also going to dive into just her thought process on how she felt compelled to write a book. If you're in a situation right now, the goal of this podcast episode is for you to understand how to find your voice, but also how to display it and vocalize it to the world. And so she used her voice to write a book. What are you going to use your voice to write about or to do? I think what's crazy about our conversation right now is that everything that you're sharing is almost like contingent upon what I was going to ask because I definitely wanted to hear the story about the same sky, different light, and then you share it. And it's like, oh, well, you're ahead of the game. Um, like, <laughs> I guess I would say, what would you say is your different light? My perspective. So that's what it's all about. We all live under the same uh you know sky ultimately and we all have different perspectives and so my book kind of covers that different perspectives on multiple things I, I know that sometimes I'm not the most digestible person because um you know many people don't want to deal with those ugly parts of themselves and I'm when it comes to certain conversations I'm like a person who kind of drives the conversation in a way that forces people to have to do that but I realize in doing that I unearthed a lot of traumas and different things that I had to uh, face in order to become who I am today and honestly continue to evolve into the person I will be uh, up until the end of time. So, um, yeah, that's the different, like, just my perspective, I think, you know, um, it's difficult. People want real. I love how you said that. And again, people love real, but it's hard for people to be real a lot of times. And so, um, oh. I'm learning how to do that again. 
because for a long time I would mute myself like let me let me not say this I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings but I'm like I'm a loving person so anything I say is out of love it's never to demean anybody and I remember my grandfather who is my inspiration for speaking because uh, he has a gift of gab and has always been a speaker and a leader in the community abroad and he told me he said Sabrine I see where you're going um as far as your career is concerned, even outside of teaching and all of that, he said, and it's going to require you to be very vocal. He said, my encouragement to you is never mute yourself, never make yourself small, because he said, I've made myself small because I felt like if I was me, then, you know, uh, I would be too much like Jalal's too much. He's too powerful. He's too this. And it would be, he had like this, this personality, like when he comes in the room, you just respect it automatically and I've had that presence but I've made that small to make other people comfortable and so I'm learning like you know what forget all of that I have to be real with myself because if I'm not real with myself I can be real with the audience so uh first and foremost um I know that the noise on the outside can definitely be a distraction you can get discouraged worrying about what other people think I would say as simple as it sounds is to go inside Find those pieces of yourself that is so uh, dung-ho on seeking validation from the outside world. Because if you continue to live in that type of cycle, you'll never fully live in who it is that you're supposed to be. And especially in this day and time where um, it's kind of like this cancel culture, I don't agree with you, I'm cutting you off, uh, you don't say what I want you to say, I'm cutting you off, you have to be the type of person with like, you can be a loving person and a, and a giving person and a caring and considerate person, but you almost have to have this tough skin that you may not even want to have uh, in order to deal with that. So I would say search within yourself, unearth some of those traumas that you're dealing with, face them head on, and you'll find that it's a lot easier. And I think as people actually practice that, they'll understand exactly what I'm saying. It's like, oh, what, what do you mean? That's so, that seems so simple to just say no. As you begin to deal with yourself, as you begin to learn yourself, as you begin to deal with your own BS, then, only then will you be able to actually go out in the world and fully live in um, your potential. Uh, and I'm learning that daily because it was a hard process for me because for a long time I felt like I had to say what was right. I had to mm -hmm. say what everybody agreed with. I had to say what would make people feel warm and fuzzy inside. And sometimes love doesn't always sound like what you wanted to hear. Sometimes love is that ugly piece of information that you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. And it wasn't until I did hear it that I actually started to walk into what it is. And I'm still doing that daily because daily I'm trying to shed those ugly parts, those, those, um, those parts, that mask you know, that persona. We all have this persona that we have to put on. Okay, this is the mask I put on in this setting. This is the mask. And although you have to be, uh, you have to learn how to balance those personalities because you can't be every person. You can't, you know, be the, the person that you are at the kickback at, in the, uh, in the um, I don't know, the, the room with the executive. You can't. Oh, but absolutely. At, the code switching is 100% a big deal. Yeah, it is. You got to know how to balance it. But within it all, there has to be some real in there. And it can only be real when you can deal with yourself. And I think that even goes into a, a number of other topics about the world beyond. But that's the advice that I would most definitely give.
This is the part of the episode called Let's Talk About It, where I talk about anything and everything. Okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about the fact that not only was Sabrine eloquently able to descriptively describe how to find your voice. I'm just shook about it. But also let's talk about these visuals, okay? I don't know if anyone who's listening to this podcast has followed Sabrine on Instagram, but the visuals are literally mind-blowing, God-sent, heaven-sent, all of the above, okay? If you are looking to figure out or see her visuals, please go to at Sabrine Speaks. It is spelled S-A-B-R-E-E-N Speaks on Instagram, where you can see her visuals of how she has found her voice, how she has been able to proclaim her voice, and also how she has been able to encourage other black millennials to claim their own. So the it's of the week this week are as follows. The song of the week this week is actually by the artist Her. She's one of my favorite artists, so you might hear multiple songs from her. Um, But it's called Damage. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. The scripture of the week this week is coming from Luke 16, excuse me, Luke 16 verses 10. And it says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? That was actually Luke 16 verses 10 and 11. Um, And it just says, Just be honest and truthful. It also talks about um, God will give you more when you are honest with what you have. So being humble, being honest, being true, and then you will be rewarded for your good deeds. The blessing of the week this week is that I am just so excited about the transition that God is placing me in. And when I say the transition, it's just my confidence inner my inner confidence and my ability to find my own voice. Um, I think that people might assume that because I'm a loud person that I have found confidence in my voice, but that has taken so much time. And at times I've dimmed myself because I felt like, Oh my gosh, this is too much for somebody, but I'm learning to know when to speak up and when to be silent. Uh, And I think that that comes with maturity and that also comes with experience. And so as I start to mature more often, I will feel more comfortable and confident in certain spaces. And I really just want to encourage y'all that if you are a loud person, don't dim yourself because there are quiet people. If you are a quiet person, don't feel like you have to yell in a large room. Whatever you are, whatever God has created you to be, be that person. And don't try to change yourself because you feel like it will be accepted in a certain space. Because authenticity is so much more important than being liked. Pocket full of change. Pocket full of change. Pocket full, pocket full, pocket full of change. Pocket full, pocket full, pocket full of change. Pocket full, pocket full, pocket full of 
pocketbook change. 